Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Wow. That is probably the best run I've ever had in my life. And then as I was sitting on the plane back, I was like, why can't we have these amazing running experiences all over the world or when we, all the cities that we travel to? And that's actually sort of the start of it. That's when I went back and just quit my job, started doing the, the running tours in Copenhagen and, and then have been expanding ever since. Hello and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. Yes, right here. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then why not sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and keep listening for this week's latest episode. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we're speaking with the first of several travel entrepreneurs we'll be featuring in the coming weeks. Of any industry, travel has to have been hit perhaps the hardest and we wanted to bring you the inspiring stories of some amazing women from around the world who are leading travel companies and showing just how resilient they can be as well. Absolutely and it's very close to my heart. And we figured that those who've been hit in some of the hardest ways have some of the most interesting and helpful stories and advice of what to do when things don't go to plan. You can say that again. And Denmark's Lena Anderson is our guest today. She's got such a positive mindset about life and her running tours business, Go Running Tours, it's called. Absolutely. Prior to founding her now global running tours business, Lena had a successful career in marketing for large corporates in the UK and Denmark. She was traveling more than 200 days a year, and that's when she came upon an idea that literally inspired her to quit the very next day. A friend in a foreign city took her for a run that combined running with sightseeing. And Lena thought how amazing it would be if she could do this in every destination she traveled to. Exactly. And so Go Running Tours was born. Now, pre-COVID, last February, it was really hitting its strides, excuse the pun, and having record bookings in more than 70 destinations around the world, from Nairobi to Buenos Aires and from Cancun to Reykjavik. And then, of course, COVID happened. It sure did. So in this episode, you'll hear how Lena decided her next steps when the world shut down last year, how she's got through the devastating impact COVID has had on her business, Lena's career advice if you're an introvert, and why she's optimistic about the future for her business, despite everything she's been through. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with the positive and purposeful Lena Anderson. Lena, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. 
Thank you. And thank you for letting me join. Oh, it's great to have you. I believe that you're speaking to us from Copenhagen. Is that right? Yes. And so, and how's life in Denmark right now in terms of coronavirus? Is it back to normal? Yeah, we're fully back to normal. We uh, There's no mask mandate. The school's open. There was a concert with 50,000 people wow. uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Well, Amazing. that's that's great to hear. As our listeners would know, the way we always like to start our interviews is to ask our guests a question, which is, if you found yourself at a dinner party with people that didn't know you, how would you describe what you do today? So that actually happens quite a lot. I always say, well, I run with tourists for a living. <laughs> and people answer. are like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I guide tourists in a city when they travel. And so basically what we do, we do, I do running tours, which means that when people are traveling to a new city, a lot of people, of course, run. Uh, there are about 350 million runners in the world. So a lot of people run, and when they travel, they would like to continue running. And a lot of people use running as well to see a new city. So the business I developed is basically where we meet people and we guide them on a run. It's 70 cities. I think it's 40 countries. Brilliant. And we're going to talk a lot more about the business as we get into the conversation. But before we do, I'd love to sort of help our listeners understand a little bit more about you and your roots and your, your childhood. So if you were to go back to your childhood, what was it like? I come from a very regular childhood, I think. Well, the parents are still married until my dad died this spring. I'm sorry. It's okay. And most of my family, extended family, are all farmers. So I come from a family with lots of traditions and, and strong values and so on. My parents were actually bankers, uh, so they were the, the black sheep of the family, but otherwise it's a farming family, so it's a pretty sort of grounded family. And we're close. We all live with, lived within, I think, 20 kilometers of my grandma and my cousins and so on. So it was stable and, and I guess, a safe environment. And, and whereabouts in Denmark was that? Just north of Copenhagen. And what, what was the young Lena like? I was pretty wild I think I was I was good in school but I was a tomboy definitely so I played football with the guys it was you know if you had to jump high I would always take the highest uh, and that's how I actually still am I sort of thrive in these extremes or or reach out for the extremes you know if someone serves me a hot meal or if it's you can choose between hot and hotter I would also choose a hotter meal right and that's how I was as a child as well. I've broken quite a few limbs doing adventures and just doing stupid things, to be honest. You're a risk taker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what did this young, sometimes wild Lena imagine she wanted to do for a career when she grew up? It was business. My dream was to be in marketing and sort of work for companies like Coca-Cola or sort of some of the big brands. That was the dream pretty, pretty quickly. It wasn't like a money thing. It was more like working for big companies. Uh-huh. And I guess that must have come more from your parents' professions than the other family members who were more in the farming line of profession. Yeah, definitely. And you ended up studying marketing at university in England. How did that come about, given your Danish upbringing? When I was 16, I actually, I did a year as an exchange student in the US. And that was in West Virginia. And if there's a culture class, that would definitely be the liberal Danish way of living and then coming into a sort of very conservative, I would say, life in West Virginia. So when I was 16 and I was in the US, I sort of realized, okay, first of all, it's a big world, but also I got the 
I wouldn't say the confidence, but I sort of had the belief of, okay, I can live anywhere and I can thrive anywhere. So I might as well do it. So when I finished my business college, so I basically took a list of the best universities in England or in the UK. And the first one that offered marketing, I applied and I got in. Fantastic. And it sounds like, you know, marketing lived up to its expectations because you've done your undergrad and your master's and, and indeed you then went on to to work in different companies. Uh, I think it was more on the sort of the B2B and industrial side sort of marketing. Is that right? Yeah. I ended up working for B2B companies, especially in the UK and always in global companies. Many of our listeners either have or want to work outside of their native country. What were the biggest challenges for you working in the UK culturally? Hmm. To be honest, I, I didn't see that much of a challenge, especially with the UK, because one of the things that I find that I I thrive in, I realized, is where humor is very similar. And I actually think sort of the irony and so on, that this, the humor that people have in the UK is very similar. I think also I'm an introvert, right? So I would never go into a room and be super loud and, and sort of <laughs> impose my personality on people. And I think that's actually a good trait. And you have to go in and sort of figure out how is a new culture, how do we interact with people and so on. I think it might be a little bit of a of a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think I would have picked that you, you know, you're an introvert as in you get your energy internally rather than externally. I think, you know, that would be the definition of an introvert. What tips do you have for other introverts as you sort of think back on what you've done in your career? Well, if it's sort of business-wise and being, I think preparation is a very, very good thing. Um, that you're prepared and you know exactly what you're saying and you don't feel uncomfortable in in that situation. I think when traveling, one thing I always did was I always, always, always signed up for sports teams. First of all, because then you meet people that you're not your colleagues. And the other thing is that you you sort of interact, but you have something else to do other than just sit and look at each other and having to speak. Yeah, that's really smart because, you know, you've got something to talk about as well, haven't you? Yes. And so in 2008, you headed back to Copenhagen to join one of Denmark's most famous companies, I think, Maersk, the global shipping container logistics company. How did that come about? Well, it came about, I quit my job in the UK because I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move home. My grandma was getting older. She was in her 80s at the time. So I was going to move home and spend some more time with her and so on. And everyone was telling me, especially my parents, it's much easier to get a job when you have a job already. You're just going to quit your job and move home. What about getting a job first and so on? And I was like, no, I'm done and I'm going to move back. And then actually I'm going to be a ski guide for a season. And then I'm going to go to the Himalayas for a couple of weeks. Then I'll come back to Denmark and find a job. And they basically thought, you know, almost that I would be living on the street. And I was pretty, pretty okay. I was like, I'm, I'm sure I'll find a job. And then when I came back from Himalaya, I was starting to look for jobs. And someone told me just in passing, it's like, well, if you have a master's degree, then if you apply for a job at Mask, you, you always get an interview. And I was like, okay, that's great. Because then, you know, I hadn't had an interview for a long time. So I thought, I'm, I'm super rusty. So I'll just apply here. So I'll just get sort of into the groove of having interviews. So when the dream job comes, I'm ready. And I've at least had one interview. So I applied for a job and first of all, I actually, I thought I would fail at the personality test. I didn't think I would fit in. And yet they offered me the job and I was like, Jesus Christ. And then suddenly I had to decide, do I actually want to work for Mask? And then uh, I was like, well, it was a great job and uh, it's also a good 
companies based in Denmark to have in your CV and so on. And I said, yes. And I'll be honest and say that is the best corporate job I've ever had. It was so much fun. I came in and I thought I would be battling a little bit with like elderly men. And I came into the apartment and we were like 30 different nationalities, everyone in their 30s and so on. It was so much fun. And of course, the career opportunities are immense and you get to travel the world and so on. Yeah, wow, that sounds great. So there you are, you've landed on your feet, literally coming back to Copenhagen with this gig and you stayed for numerous years, but then you decided to start your own running tours company. What triggered that kind of idea? How did you come up with it? It was actually on a business trip, so I had 212 days a year and you know, one week it was Santiago, then Tokyo, then Dubai, then Mumbai, then New York City and so on. It was all over. And at the same time, I was training for a marathon. That sounds you know, very ambitious and so on. But running for me as well was just a little bit of sanity. First of all, to stay healthy just a little bit because you don't travel so much, you eat out all the time. So running was sort of my thing. And I was in Mumbai. As I was training, I always used my my Sundays, my long runs to sort of go out and, and, and run in the city and so on. And I was walking through. I was in my running gear and I was walking through a reception. And the country ass runs after me almost. She's like, stop, stop, stop. Uh, you can't go running in Mumbai. You know, it's not safe. You can get lost. You're a single white female. It's really not a good idea. So I ended up on the treadmill doing 20 kilometers. And that is state still the worst run I have ever had. <laughs> it was awful, awful, awful. And also, to be honest, I was super bummed because I didn't really get to see Mumbai that much. At, and it's a fascinating city. Thankfully, I came back. But at the time, I was like, I can't believe I'm missing this opportunity because that was one of the promises I made to myself as well, that if I was going to travel so much, I would find the time to see the cities that I travel to. And so I went back uh, on the plane and then the next week I was in Vienna and I met up with uh, a girl I actually studied with in Australia and she couldn't take the day off. She's like, well, let's just go for a run in the morning. I'll show you the city and then I'll show you where to meet afterwards. I was like, all right. And in that one hour, I really felt like I saw Vienna. I felt the city. I sort of saw the main sites, the hidden gems. All my Christina was telling me all these local insights and so on, where to get the best coffee, all these anecdotes and so on. And I was like, wow, that is probably the best run I've ever had in my life. Hmm. And then as I was sitting on the plane back, I sort of thought back to Mumbai and I really felt a little bit of an injustice to the city. And I was like, why can't we have these amazing running experiences all over the world or when we, all the cities that we travel to? And that's actually sort of the start of it. That's when I went back and just quit my job, started doing the the running tours in Copenhagen and, and then have been expanding ever since. So hang on a minute. You just literally quit your job and, yeah. and so- <laughs> just like, oh no, did you do some work before that on like the business plan and all that kind of stuff? No, no you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> oh my goodness. Your parents... <laughs> I just thought this was this makes sense. This totally makes sense, right? And maybe probably if I did, I, I wouldn't have been where I was today. Um, both good and bad, right? But I didn't. I was like, I think this is a good idea. And I actually went back at the time we weren't married, but I went back to my now wife and I was like, So what do you think about me quitting my job and just being a running guide in Copenhagen and so on? And at that time, I could have said anything and she would have loved it because she was so tired of me traveling <laughs> so she was, she was like that's a great idea and I was like you know I don't think it'll be much that much money and she was like 
it's fine, just do it, you know. So I, I did that. And, and also, I mean, I've, I've had good jobs. And especially when you travel with work so much, you don't really spend your own money. So I had a good savings. And, and we sort of, I said to Emma Katrina, my wife, now, I said, we can go and we can travel the world for a year or, you know, try and build this. And then if it doesn't work and when my savings are up, I can do something else. And then I said, you know, I'd rather spend my savings on trying to build something as opposed to just traveling the world. So that's what I did. Yeah. And how did that first year go? I mean, that wasn't a success, to be honest. Well, it was a success in a way that I got to really spend all my time on something that I was super passionate about. I made all the decisions, which is really, really a relief when you've been in big corporates most of your career, just having to be able to say, okay, this is my decision and I could exactly decide how do we treat customers, what's the tone of voice on the website, all these things that really matter to me in terms of guests and, and how I see myself. I think sometimes I see the company a little bit an extension of me of how, how would I treat people that came into Copenhagen or, you know, how would I treat people in general? How do we write to them? How do we communicate and so on? So that was a huge relief and it was fun. I was in loads of, we got lots of publicity and, and so on. So that was really good. Financially, it was a struggle. And that was, you know, the first couple of years I really tried, had to figure out what works and, and what doesn't. And so how does the model work now? So it's a franchise model. We basically own the destinations. So we find our representatives in a city. They work on a franchise basis where they sort of responsible for developing their own city, but under the Go Running Tours brand. So they have exclusivity and we have exclusivity. So they don't do running tours for any other companies or providers or anything. They only do running tours and we, of course, only use them. So that's basically how it works. And financially, we then take a commission and send the rest to them. Right. Okay. And I believe the business was doing pretty well and was sort of starting to really get some traction just before COVID. Is that right? Yeah. And then COVID happened. So we're in March, April last year. Talk us through that experience. Yes. So basically, if I just go back one more month, then February 2020, we had one of our best months ever, which was a little bit unusual because February is not a high season month, but we had a really, really good month. Now, finally, you know, we could see that 2019 had been sort of exponentially growth. If we could keep that, we would really see the hog stick growth. And then in March, the world closes down. And it closes down the weekends where we actually have our global team meeting physically. So we are all in Paris. So I'm sitting, some people are canceling their travels, but basically we were bringing all the all our representatives from all over the world together in Paris. The last minute, a lot of people started to cancel because they said, you know, I'm not sure. For, for example, Italy, they were like, I don't even know if I can get into Paris right now because it was going crazy in Italy already then. That weekend is when Trump, Close the borders. So basically, our people from the US landed in Paris, realized that the borders were closed. They basically came into the city, said hi, because some of them we've never met, and then went back to the airport and flew back again. And then during the weekend, sort of Saturday and, and Sunday, the rest of you closed down. So I had to spend so much time just refunding, refunding, refunding. We basically had to refund six months of tours. So all the tours that we've seen come in in February and January that people had booked for for the summer holidays and so on. And I just remember sitting in Charles de Gaulle. My colleague was sort of sleeping in a chair 
And I was just sitting there and just pushing refund all the time before, you know, five o'clock and just sort of not really realizing what was going on. I think I was just a little bit in survival mode, to be honest, and then came back and came back to lockdown in Denmark. So that was pretty um, intense experience. That's the very practical side of it. The other side is, of course, this is something that I worked so much on for so many years and not taking any money out of the company and also my family sacrificing quite a lot for it and just sitting it seeing it all sort of fall apart i think that's also why it's a little bit of a blur still match i think i was just totally in, in total survival mode to be honest absolutely and you know trying to work out where all this was going to go and so you know fast forward six months on or so from last March, so mid to late 2020, what were you thinking by then? You know, when it happened, March 2020, I was like, okay, guys, this is going to be three or four months, and then we're going to be back at it, you know. I'm sure we'll figure this out. The world can't close down. No one, you know, the world can't close down for longer. And then we sort of went into October, November, December, and the world closed down in the second lockdown, probably even tighter than the first at least in Denmark, but also just numbers going crazy also in the US and so on, which is one of our biggest markets. And that was tough in two ways, because I have a whole team of people out in the countries that I have to motivate and make sure that that they can function locally. And at the same time, it's a pretty desperate situation. That's probably been the toughest part of it, is to motivate and make sure that that our colleagues are okay out in the cities. I mean, we are safe in Denmark. It's a it's a safe, rich country. But if you're in in Argentina or in Nairobi or something like this, your your existence is threatened in a totally different way. Yeah, that's for sure. In terms of you know vaccine availability and and healthcare systems, absolutely. Was there a time, or has there been a time, or is there a time even currently where you've thought about just it's obviously not meant to be and throwing the towel in and closing it all down. There was one time where that was in March 2020 and I looked at a magazine and my wife and I said, okay, if I'm going to close down the company, it's now. You know, because as I mentioned, it's a, it's a big sacrifice in the family as well when you work so much and then, <laughs> and then suddenly you're sort of, your business is just thrown back years, right, in terms of, of where we were. So I sat down and said, if I'm going to do it, it's now. What do you think? Because it's not just my my decision to continue. And she was super cool. She was like, there's no way you're going to close this. You've come so far. And what you're doing is the right thing and so on. So just keep going. So that was the first thing. And then the other thing since then, I'll be honest and say it's been sink or swim. You know, I've been of the opinion that, right, if we stop, we stop completely. And then I close the company. And otherwise, we swim. Then we keep pushing. We keep looking for new opportunities and so on and that's where we are now you know I keep thinking we're coming out on the other side now but there's still it's really slow going but I I don't think okay today I'm gonna I'm gonna give up or something like this that's just not something that I think about because a couple of reasons one is do I think that this concept is good and people want it yes do I think people will travel again yes I think we're all hungry uh, for traveling also business travel that's for sure and then also we are just no global company like our company. So we have a huge advantage, right? So we have like this golden opportunity if we can just sort of keep pushing and so on. There's no other company that do what we do on a global basis. So if we were going to stop, then that, that advantage would just crumble as well. 
Go, you good thing. That is so awesome. And, you know, you know, what do you think you've learned about yourself going through, you know, what's clearly been such a tough time? I think I've learned that I have an optimistic or positive mind, you know, yeah. <laughs> but being in, in this for such a long time, such, you know, a crisis for such a long time, being able to keep the spirit up and making sure that you use that to motivate the team and so on. I'm just grateful that my mind works the way it does. I think I'm just lucky, to be honest. And the other thing is, I don't, I, I'm not really the quitting type. I think it's, I think I just sort of seen that to a different level as well, thinking, okay, I'm definitely not a quitter. And then the last thing, actually, and it's not something that I thought about, but I can see my colleagues out in the world have a lot of sort of loyalty and commitment to the company. But I can also see that they have that to me. Some people have had to, you know, start working in an electronic shop or something like this just to get food on the table. If they've had to terminate the con- the, the contract. But a lot of them have sort of felt really sorry personally and felt like they let me down. And that surprised me a lot that it's sort of on a personal basis. Yeah, it's well, it's sort of what you give, you get back, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you sit back there now, you know, you've, you, you're sort of nearly through, hopefully, <laughs> nearly <laughs> through what has been a, an incredible dark what? tunnel of COVID. Yeah. What are your hopes for the future? You know, first of all, that the normal life resumes and so on. I also hope that people who started running will continue running, uh, that it wasn't just a fad or something that did as a COVID thing, but they actually, that has become part of their lifestyle. And then for my company, I, of course, would like them to continue to grow and make it a successful business and sort of find our feet again, make some good partnerships and, and so on. But But really sort of, a voice out in the tourism market as well for you know sustainable travel for sustainability the way you you see a city and so on but also a really really big advocate for understanding a culture and connecting with people locally i think that's super important also the last few years you've just seen a division all over the world and a lot of times it's because people just don't bother to try and understand other people and so on. And I think that's where we are very, very big driver in that people travel and they meet with the local, they connect uh, through the passion for running and they see a city, they hear how uh, a culture works and so on. I think that's super important. You know, I love that I asked you what does success look like and you're you're describing it not in terms of, you know, well, I'm getting all this funding and I'm selling my company or whatever, but you're seeing it as making a difference to the world, connecting people into cultures and experiences and helping people know each other better, which is just fabulous. Love it. <laughs> I think that if I want to start the, the big money and so on, I think I should on the very first day when you asked me or, or when you said, you know, did you make a business plan? I think that's what I should have done <laughs> if I was in, I was in it for the money. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. And and have you ever gone out looking for funding or if it's, has it always been self-funded? It's always been self-funded, but I think we'll we'll start looking 2022, depending on, on what the world looks like. Right now, we, we've survived and we're getting through this pandemic and so on. It's not really the right time to go out and get funding because the valuation would be 
so low, but next year, I imagine we go up because there's so much opportunity out there. As I mentioned, we are the only global company doing this, so we have a huge advantage. And I also feel even now we're developing corporate subscriptions, so companies can actually subscribe to our service and they can just tell their, their employees go running. They have unlimited running trust, so they can offer this to their employees when they travel and also working with hotels and so on. I actually feel, ironically, right now, I feel that every door that I knock on opens. So I feel you feel there's loads of opportunities, but that's again, you know, that's again my my positive mind. Yeah, your positivity is so infectious, Lena. And I think you're right though, because you know, well-being is such a hot topic and priority for employers right now who are very aware that so many of this sort of employees are exhausted and burnt out from so many Zoom calls and the like. So, you know, I think you have some good reason to be positive and all those new runners. So go running, listeners. In fact, why not listen to our podcast and go running? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Um, as we wrap up this such such a positive, engaging conversation, Lena, thank you. You know, do you have a motto in life to keep you going? The only thing I would say is just do it, right? Just go for it. And if it crashes or burns, then that's it. If no one dies, then your experience just do it because boring life is exactly when you don't push yourself and you do the same thing again and again and again exciting life is when you learn you might fall but you do something new you get a new experience I mean just do it just go out and and find these things where you sort of get something new and you you take some risks and it doesn't have to be business-wise it might also I mean I was out running this morning and I jumped in the sea it's pretty cold now we're getting into October here in Scandinavia to jump in the sea just do it it's not nice to jump in the sea uh, in uh, in late September but it's really fun and when you get out from the sea it's super cool and you run back in with clothes that's awful as well but when you're under the hot shower it's amazing and so on so just do it. Just live life to the full. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, really. <laughs> Fantastic. And a question we ask all of our guests is, uh, you know, what advice would you give to your younger self? Let's say your 25-year-old self. What advice would you give to 25-year-old Lena looking back? I would probably say don't overvalue experience because one thing that I did, I live, as I mentioned, I grew up in a, you know, in farmer family and so on. And there's a lot of focus on, well, you know, they have this experience that they know better or something like this. And actually, I don't think that. Um, so also when I went into Mask, which is a very sort of established company and so on, they have loads of experience. And in the beginning, I would go in with probably a little bit too much respect for that experience. And they, they would say, oh, we've, we've done that. That doesn't work or we can't do that. And I would be like, all right, yeah, okay. They've been in this business for 15 years. They know better than me. And in hindsight, a lot of the things that I sort of was advocating for and so on was actually a really good idea. And I've made my case with data and so on. And still, I didn't push it too much because I thought, okay, yeah, they know better. So that's the thing. Don't over overrate other people's experience. Respect it but really believe that you have the answers as well, even if you don't have the same experience. Oh, that's great advice. Lena, thank you so much. And so for those listeners who are, and we are too, planning travel for when we all get out of lockdown, you know, how can they find out more about Go Running and more about you? They can go just on our website, gorunningtours.com. 
I find a place. If they just want to go running, then they can uh, find a place and book a running tour in one of our many destinations. It's, if they would like to be sort of our representative in Sydney or Brisbane or something like this, then get in, in touch with us also via the website. And if they would like to connect with me, then of course, LinkedIn business-wise, but also um, I use Strava. So I connect with a lot of our guests and a lot of runners on Strava that sort of follow where we follow each other and how each other's run and so on. So connect me with me there as well. Well, brilliant. We'll put those things on the show notes. And Lena, it just remains for me to say thank you so much. It's been fascinating hearing your story and the story of Go Running. And we are both, it's safe to say, really kind of cheering you on and hoping that, uh, yeah, as the world now is opening up uh, in different different speeds, of course, that you come back with a bang in terms of the business. <laughs> with, ven- with a vengeance. Yeah, with a vengeance. Yeah. Like- vengeance. Excellent. Thank you, Claire and Gretchen. Thanks for having me uh, on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Lena. Lena's positive mindset is so impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And she's got incredible resilience and positivity because what a roller coaster ride she's been on. You know, you had the world shutting down last March, then it opened up again, only to shut down again a few months later in many markets. Yeah, I know. For those in travel, the pandemic is so cruel. Yeah, what's so great is Lena's positivity is totally infectious. You can just hear the passion in her voice, can't you? Yeah, and you definitely couldn't ever describe Lena as a quitter. Definitely not. She's also got a really great attitude about risk-taking too. You know, she quit her job almost overnight because she believed in the running tours business idea so much. Yeah, amazing chutzpah, as they say. Yeah. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. If you have ideas for guests or requests for topics you'd like us to cover, then we'd absolutely love to hear them. Simply email us at hello at don'tstopusnow.co. And that's just .co, C-O. And stay tuned for next week's mini episode. If you're not sure what they are, these episodes are where we take the very best advice from our amazing previous guests and package it up in five to ten minutes so they're perfect for a quick walk or drive. Well, that's it from us. Take care, everyone, and ciao for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.